Welcome to Pearl Street Church. We are glad that you are with us in the building today. And um, yeah, we're going to have an awesome time. As you can probably tell, I am not Pastor Brent. Um, I am Pastor Greg. And we're going to do something a little bit different this week. Uh, we're going to do one message, but we are going to have some tag team partners uh, with us on this stage. Uh, we're, it, it's going to look a little differently than how we normally do it, but we're going to have some fun today. Y'all excited to be in, in church? Yeah. Not are you not only are you better looking, but you're more lively than okay, okay. Don't tell don't tell him I said that. But um we have with us today we have Pastor Faith that is with us in the building. Yes. Pastor Faith, she is awesome, she is amazing. She is our kids pastor, and she's amazing. She takes care of all the niños and niñas. You can say. The, yeah, yeah, that's how PB says that the changuitos and changuitas. Uh, I think he even says it like that too. I've heard a lot of PB messages, so yeah, that's exactly how it says. And then we have with us Pastor Noe, Pastor Noe, and he he is amazing. We love Pastor Noe. He is our next gen youth pastor, so he's awesome. So yeah, we we we're ready to have some fun. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, yeah. Maybe, kind of, sort of. Okay, so it's going to look a little bit differently than what we normally do it. But um, yeah, we're excited. We're excited to preach. We're excited to bring the word of God to each one of you guys. Uh, like I said, PB is out of town. I mean, thank goodness that he is out of town because that man, he preaches the paint off the walls. And he actually goes, I mean, just, just the way that he's been preaching these past three weeks has been amazing. It's like one of those just even if you sit in one service, it's like a whole month full of just gold and, and incredibleness, right? Is that a word, incredibleness? So our pastor, he definitely deserves a break, and we are glad. And I just want to ask each one of you guys to continue to pray for our pastors, Pastor Brent and Pastor Heather, as they are enjoying some nice family time, relaxing with each other. So Pastor Brent, we love you. Pastor Heather, we love you. We hope you guys have an awesome time. Come back. Uh, refreshed and, and, and full of fire. You're always full of fire. So, um, yeah, we're excited. Uh, so the last the last couple of weeks, we've been talking about rooted, rooted. How many of you guys have enjoyed the series rooted? Yeah, yeah. This this is this has been an, an incredible series. Uh, for the past three weeks, we've been talking about what it means to be rooted in our faith. And first week, we talked about being uh, rooted, or uh, if you're either rooted or you're rotted. Second week, we talked about uh, rooted in the faith. Rooted in our faith because we know we have gone, uh, there's generations that have gone before us and we can stand on the shoulders of giants. And last week we talked about rooted in what we believe. Rooted in what we believe. Believe in having these absolute truths that we can stand upon. How many of you guys know where we can find these absolute truths? Well, that's a question. <laughs> How many of you guys? <laughs> yeah, you excited? Yeah, you can give an answer. Where can we find these absolute truths that we can stand upon? Oh, all right. You guys are paying attention. Man, I need to hand you the microphone. You could come up here and preach the word. Yeah, that's exactly it. We need to be standed. Uh, we need to be rooted uh, in what we believe. And we can get these incredible truths through the word of God. That's why reading the Bible is so important. The Bible actually tells us to hide God's word in our heart so we don't sin against God. If you guys haven't listened to the, uh, these past three weeks of, of being rooted, I highly encourage each one of you guys um, to, 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 yeah, to, to, to watch them because they have been absolutely incredible. 
So one of, one of our key uh, scriptures that we've been really highlighting uh, throughout these past three weeks is Colossians 2. Uh, Colossians 2, 6 through 7, it says, And now, just as you have accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, you must continue to follow him. Let your roots grow down into him and let your lives be built on him. Then your faith will grow as strong and in truth that you were taught and you will overflow with thankfulness. Come on, how many of you guys want those, th those roots? Deep, deep, where you're overflowing with thankfulness. Overflow, how many of you guys want that overflow life? Overflow, yeah, you want that overflow life, Pastor Noe? You want that overflow, let's go. Pastor Noe's the only one in the building that wants some overflow life. Come on, come on. I think all of us should want it. But, so, again, one message, three different points, and we're going to have some fun today. So let me ask you guys a question. Have you ever, maybe it's, um, maybe you went to a doctor's appointment. Have you ever just gone into there and got the 37 pages that they give you when you're a new patient into that doctor's office and then they're like hey i need your information it's like oh my gosh this is like a sh short story like i gotta like and you just start checking those boxes like you don't even look what you're even checking you're just like okay like come on man. Like, you just start checking and checking and checking and checking and checking like how many of you guys have ever done that yeah. like where you're where, where you're in that place where you're just checking the boxes but then later realize man like I should probably actually read what I'm checking these boxes to because this doctor probably thinks that I'm about to die because I'm checking all these boxes that have no relation to what I'm actually going through. And you know what? This was me 100%. Um, about 11 years ago, me and my wife, we lived in Australia. Uh, it was an awesome time. Any, anyone from Australia? Okay. All right. Anyone want to go to Australia? All right. Okay, cool. <laughs> So this, this was me 100%, just checking boxes, checking box, check, check boxes. So when we were over there, uh, it was about 11 years ago, and um, uh, I ended up being a, uh, a basketball coach for, uh, it's a ninth grade all-girls school. So, you know, I, it was awesome. I had to make some money, so I was teaching basketball over there. It was really fun. We had, we had an awesome time. I was also a pizza delivery man. So I would bring pizzas like to people's house. All right, let's give it up for the pizza delivery man. All right, praise God. All right, maybe I should, okay. Anyways, um, so was a pizza delivery man. I used to go and, and deliver, like knock on the door and like, hello, here's your pizza. And then like their jaws would just drop like, oh my God, I'm like, like what's behind me? Like what are they? What are they like freaking out about? And um, it's like, man, you sound just like the movies. I'm like, yeah. Let me let me start dancing too. You give me an extra tip if I start dancing. Um, but that that we so I, we had a lot of fun in Australia. So I did that. But uh, so as I was working um, for this all girls school, it was a ninth grade basketball team. Our season had just finished, and and what ended up happening is is the athletic director. Um, um, approached me and she said, hey, every single year um, that people are in high school, they have to attend a one-week wilderness survival camp. I'm like, oh, okay. She was like, and we don't have anybody else to do it, so can you actually do this? I'm like, it's kind of insulted a little bit. Like, okay, you're kind of hurting my feelings. Like, I, I thought I was kind of awesome, but um, I guess this is out of, like, pity. Um, since you could find no one else, um, I guess I'll do it. So, you, they, the, the ninth grade girls, they literally had to go away 
for a whole week and learn how to survive in the wilderness. How many of you guys would like to do that? How many of you guys would be like Bear Grylls and just start eating like raw, raw meat and just like, ah, <laughs> calm down. Uh, <laughs> so she reached out to me and said, hey, um, would you be interested in doing this? Um, and, and I needed the money. So I'm like, yeah, for sure. So what she ended up doing is she ended up giving me a form. She was like, all right, here's the form. Um, read the form. And then I'm going to have you watch a video. And then um, at the end of this video, I want you to, you know, make sure you're signing uh, the check marks and then, you know, sign your name. And I'm like, okay, cool. I'm like, man, psh, wilderness survivor. These are some little girls, like some ninth grade little girls. Of course, I know how to survive over some ninth grade little girls, like started like puffing out my chest a little bit. Like, yeah, I'm going to dominate these girls in wilderness survival. Um, <laughs> so didn't even, didn't even read the form. Did not read the form whatsoever and just started, check, like, I don't even think I individually did any of it. I just did one of those little line things. Yeah, right? Everyone does the lines. It's like, check, line, okay, bottom, check. Okay, all of these, yeah, I did not read any of that information. <laughs> and I signed my name, uh, and, uh, yeah, it was, it was kind of scary, some of the stuff that followed. So unknowingly, I signed my name, but I didn't read what was actually behind the check mark. There was some actually very, very valuable information that was inside the check mark. And I just kind of just went through the motions and kind of like, okay, cool. Yeah, 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 yeah. Awesome. Awesome. But there was some life in those check marks. This information that I was just checking the box on had no intention of reading, didn't even want to read. I just checked the marks. There was some potential life-saving information that happened in these check marks. So what it ended up happening is, is, is we went on, uh, we went on a, yeah, a, a week wilderness survival and it, <laughs> oh, okay. You, okay. He heard the story. It was funny. All right. Okay, cool. All right. So <laughs> what ended up happening? Yeah. We went on this wilderness survival. We were out there. There was, you know, I think there was over like 200 ninth grade girls. And, you know, I, I had a, a little pot of, of, of girls that, I was kind of looking over and like, hey, you know, I'm going to be the next Steve Irwin and like, hey, follow me. Rest in peace, Steve Irwin. We love you. God bless you. Um, but uh, so, yeah, I'm like, okay, cool. Like, awesome. So we, we did a hike one day and we ended up hiking a lot of miles and, and some of the girls were like, hey, um, we need to set up camp. And I'm like, all right, let's, let's set up camp. And and so when we set up camp, we also need fresh water. So we're going to go down to the creek. We saw a creek as we were passing. Let's go down to this creek and uh, get some fresh water. So um, they went down to the creek. I walked with them. But inside of one of these check marks that I did not read whatsoever, they had something called the buddy system. Um, <laughs> I did not use the buddy system because I did not read the form. I just checked the mark. And so what ended up happening, I'm like, okay, girls, like you, you like, you go, you like, go get the water. And they're like, okay, hey, can we kind of like swim a little bit? I'm like, yeah, okay, y'all can swim a little bit. So I'm going to go over here off trail, not using the buddy system all by myself. And I'm just going to kind of be out here. So go over there. I, I hear them like filling up the water and I'm like laughing and I'm like, okay, cool, man. Like I'm tired. So I laid my head down and I, I heard something in the trees. I'm like, like, man, what is going on? Like, 
Like my my uh, Steve Irwin instincts, like 100. Like I I knew this was the moment that I was created for. All the Bear Grylls videos that I had watched, I was ready to just go after it. And so I put my head down, heard, heard the um, stuff in the trees, and I'm like, okay, cool. Like uh, I don't know what that is, but you know, like uh, I I want to seem tough, even though like no one was around. Like okay, cool. So I laid my head back down, and all of a sudden I heard a like hit the ground and it, it was it was that it wasn't like a ding like it was it was a loud thump that hit the ground so as i am laying down with my head just relaxing just trying to just rest i see um a snake like you're you're not a snake but you you know you know what i mean about about the distance away from no he is right now i see what they call a red-bellied black snake yeah, that's yeah, that's what I said too. <laughs> Even though I had no idea what it was, I'm like, that looks kind of scary, and it's actually coming towards me. Um, I might want to maybe get up very, very slowly because it's literally coming towards me. I'm like, all right, cool. Like, just got up very slowly and kind of moved away. I'm like, okay, okay, cool. And so I went to go get the girls. I'm like, hey, girls, we got to go back. I didn't use the the buddy system, and there was a snake, and they said, oh. Like, what did the snake look like? And, oh, it's a red belly. It had a red belly. It was black. And they were, oh, that's a red belly black snake. That's one of the top five most uh, poisonous snakes in Australia. I'm like, oh, my goodness. Okay, so I'm going to use the buddy system. Another time, three different times my life was spared. Thank you, Jesus. But another time, we um, <laughs> not checking, not reading and just checking the marks. Uh, we were canoeing and we took a pit stop to get a little snack to get a little break so as we kind of pulled up into this place um all of us got out we were getting our food and there's these animals called goannas goannas anyone know a goanna okay all right all right yeah it's a reptile all right okay so what goannas are they're not a, a cuddly little like lizard they're literally like the miniature versions of um a komodo dragon massive massive uh, you know, lizards. And so what they, what, what happened is they started surrounding us from all directions because they wanted some food. And again, I did not read, and, and, and this is me trying to be tough. And I'm like, all right, girls, like get behind me. Like, I'm going to save you. Like, like, come on, the American, like I'm going to, I'm going to take care of it. And they're like, what are you doing? Um, <laughs> So they started coming at us, and I'm like, I, I was able to, to like get some of them away. I'm like, okay, cool, like get, like, get out of here. Um, and then one just kept on coming closer and closer and closer. I'm like, man, I don't know what to do. I don't want to cry in front of these girls because they're like, they're ninth grade little girls. Um, but uh, I'm not gonna cry. I'm not gonna cry. So what I ended up doing is they came close, and I actually ended up swiping my hand towards one of it to like hit its face, and it like jumped and tried to bite me and it nearly grabbed my fingers and probably actually would have ripped them off. Um, and yeah, this is a true story. And it was very scary. It was very, very scary. But again, I did not read the check marks. I just went through the motions and just kind of didn't even read into it. And my hand almost got bitten off by this goanna. So I ended up getting a paddle and just, just hit it and it ran. It's crazy. They have gum trees and it ended up uh, crawling up this gum tree, like 20 feet on this gum tree, it's crazy. Uh, lastly, my life was spared because I did not. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> Holly, man, what's wrong? 
<laughs> You're just happy that my life was spared. That's all. You got the joy of the Lord. Praise God. Yeah, overflow. <laughs> so, um, uh, later that night, we went into, um, yeah, got our, got our um, tents and, and started to go to sleep and stuff like that. And there's these things called wombats. So they're like little, like, little, like making little noises. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe not like that. Um, so they say, don't open up your tent because if you open up your tent, the wombats could come into your tent at night and, you know, eat your food. They're looking for food. So they're like hitting up against my tent. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm going to die. Like, what's going to go on? Like, like I'm, I want to make sure, like, maybe I just need to run away. So I started zipping up, uh, opening up my tent and the, the camp instructor, I don't know how, like she has like eagle eyes. She was like, don't open up your tent. I'm like okay, you know, and, and zipped it back down. But like these, this, this story through simply not reading the check mark, not actually seeing, oh my goodness, like, uh, maybe I should actually read this check mark. It, it saved my life. But, um, I think what, what ended up being crazy is, is if I would have simply read what the check mark had, then I would have known that maybe I shouldn't do these certain behaviors. You know, in the same way, I think this applies to our Christian life. So many times in our Christian life, we just, we just kind of just go on the check mark. Okay, cool. Like, I'm just going to check a mark. Like, what does it mean to be a good Christian? Okay, like, I'm, I'm going to come to church. Okay, cool. Like, yeah, cool. Check mark. You know, but we don't actually place value what's inside of that check mark. Or, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read my Bible today. Cool. Or, or um, there's a grandma that's trying to cross the road. I'm going to go ahead and um, help her check mark. Look, look, look at me. I'm a good Christian. But there's so much more than just going through the motions, than just checking the mark by just going on autopilot. There is power in understanding by being fully committed to a cause. It's not just about saying yes. It's not just about checking the mark so other people think, oh yes, this is, a, this is what a Christian life is supposed to be. There is power inside of that check mark. But it's taking the time to build the roots so we can actually build our lives on a firm foundation and flourish. Yeah. So if you're writing notes today, the title of this message is Beyond the Check Mark. Beyond the Check Mark. And there's a verse that specific I want to highlight today is in Psalms 92, 12 through 15. And it says this, the righteous will flourish like a date palm, long lived, upright and useful. They will grow like a cedar in Lebanon, majestic and stable. Planted in the house of the Lord, they will flourish in the courts of our God. They are planted in the house of the Lord, then what will happen? When they are planted in the house of the Lord, they will flourish. How many of you guys want that flourish life? Okay, awesome. How many of you guys want to do what it takes to be planted? That's a whole different ball game. That's a whole different story. Anyone in here, yes, bless life. Yeah, amen, Jesus. Bring it, double portion. Flourish life, yes, come on, let, let me receive that. But it goes beyond that when we need to be planted. So growing in grace, they will still thrive and bear fruit and prosper in old age. Bearing fruit, they will flourish and be vital and fresh. 
rich in trust and love and contentment. They are my living memorials to declare that the Lord is upright and faithful to his promises. He is my rock and there is no unrighteousness in, in him. Amen. That's an awesome verse. There is so much in that verse that we can just, man, we, we can go to town on that verse. Highly encourage you guys to look that up. Um, but in order to be fully rooted in Christ, we must be fully rooted in the church. We must be committed to the church. It's more, it's, it's so much more about being, just checking the box. Just checking the box. Okay, God, I'm, I'm coming to church. Being fully rooted in Christ, this involves a commitment. A commitment. Amen? So for any relationship to grow, there has to be a commitment to that growth. There has to be a commitment. If, if, if there wasn't any commitment on my half to my wife to like, hey, I, I want to build you up. I want to grow our marriage. Then our marriage, and like God wants it to flourish, but there's no commitment there. So it begins to just go down and down and down and down. And then it's the same way in our lives. If we aren't committed to the relationship, then we'll never grow in our relationship with Christ. So point number one that I want to encourage you with is we need to be committed to being planted. Committed to being planted. When I say committed, some of you guys kind of gave me a dirty look. Like, like you just said a curse word. I saw some of the ladies actually looking at their man that's standing right next to him, like out of the corner of their eyes, like, oh, you hear that word right there? Like husbands or the boyfriend or whatever. Just kind of like, oh, okay, I'm not hearing that word right now. But commitment is not a dirty word. It's something that we can build our lives upon. When we're fully rooted and when we stay committed to something, we can see incredible fruit inside of this commitment. But so many, there's so many negative emotions. There's so many negative things to being committed that we attach to it. But the Webster's Dictionary defines commitment as this. It's dedication to a cause. Pledging to do something. And here's a statement that I, that I want you guys to hear right here. Commitment is a beautiful thing when we do it right. Being committed to the house of God is something that God is calling each one of us to do. And you might have said, you know what? You know what? Being committed to being planted, like, yeah, I get that, but, but I've tried church before, and there was hurt, there was pain, there was judgment that looked upon me. No, but have you, been, have you committed to being planted? There's a whole difference between trying church and, and being committed to being planted. Because here's the reality, is you don't get 100% of the results with only 50% of commitment. Right? Come on, come on. All the ladies in the house would probably say this to your husband. Come on, I'm trying to throw y'all a bone. No, no, the ladies don't want to say that to their husband. Okay, cool. Praise God. You don't get 100% of the results with only 50% commitment. This is me 100% when it comes to working out. I am 100% committed to becoming Bishop Biceps 2.0, like our pastor, Pastor Brent. Those biceps and those triceps are just... Man, they just melt my heart every single... No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Pastor, we love you. Keep on that tricep game. He's teaching me, some, uh, we do, he's teaching me those skull crushers. <laughs> but I'm 100% to getting those results. I want those guns like Pastor Brent. But I'm only 50% committed to doing it. 
for me, it's like, okay, cool. I'm going to do 50%. Like, all right, where, where's the creatine at? Where's the creatine at? All right, give me, some, uh, give me some of that creatine. Give me some of that protein powder, whatever. Maybe that's illegal stuff over there. The dude on, you know, on that side of town, like, give me some of that right here. <laughs> but I'm not going to put in the work to actually build it. That's, that's the same way in our lives, in our Christian walk. We can't expect 100% of the results of being committed to the house of God if we're only putting 50% in. Yeah. And I think, I think this is incredible because this is just what the enemy will use. Yeah. The enemy is always going to use something to take us away from our commitment to being planted in the house of God. Yeah. So the enemy is always going to use an offense He's always going to use an offense to get us committed away from the house of God. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm not happy when I, when I get those offenses. But, like, this is, this is how the enemy works. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He's going to use the offense. Maybe he's going to use a, hey, the pastor said, said a message this past week. And, you know, I, I didn't really like how, how he said that message. And you know what? This, this ain't the church for me. Or, man, I saw how they got a high five. And, man, I, I definitely didn't get a high five like that. And he's going to do whatever he can to get you not committed to being planted in the house of God. And we cannot let the enemy win in this place. Because when we get offended, then we end up leaving the very single place that God is using the avenue to bring the blessing to us. When we're established and rooted in Christ, that's where we receive the victory. That's where we receive the promise. That's where we receive the joy. We receive the love. We receive the peace. But when we cut ourselves off by an offense through someone in church, we cut ourselves off from the blessing. And we can't do that. That's why we need the church. We need the church. We need to be committed to being planted in the church. And it's not in a legalistic way. Not like, okay, if I attend church, if I check the box with church, then I'm going to be saved and, you know, everyone will think I'm awesome and, and God's going to give me the victory. It's not in a legalistic way because going to church, it doesn't save us. It doesn't save us, but it only gives us access to the saving grace of Jesus Christ. And it's, it, it could be so easy for us to see the flaws, the negatives uh, of the church to see like, oh, you know what? I'm, I'm not going to go to church. I'm not going to be committed to, to the church because they're just a bunch of hypocrites. Well, we definitely have room for one more hypocrite. So you might as well join. <laughs> because here's the reality. Here's the reality. Church isn't a place for perfect people. It's not a place for perfect worship set. It's not a place for a perfect pastor. But it's a place where we're coming to worship a perfect Savior. So that's why we need to be committed to being planted in the house of God. And, 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 and so much more than that. The Bible tells us in Hebrew 10, 24 through 25, it says, Let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting meeting together as some in the habit are of doing, but encouraging one another all the more as you see the day drawing near. This Bible clearly tells us that we need to be connected. We need to be committed to being planted in the house of God. We can't be, ne neglect that because 
We, we neglect it. We're cutting ourselves off from the avenue that God has built to bring the blessing into our life. And if you look in the life, uh, if you look all throughout the New Testament, the New Testament is let, so many books of the New Testament are letters written to churches. They're not written to random individuals. They're, ri- they're written to people in church. And I think this is incredibly important for each one of us to understand. And even in Acts 2.42, the apostles, we can see, were spreading the gospel from home to home, establishing many churches. Jesus, in Luke 4.16, he made it a habit of regularly attending church. This is Jesus. Like, y'all are cool, and y'all are good. Y'all got some anointing, and y'all are, you know, can do some pretty amazing things. But this is Jesus. He regularly made it a habit to attend church. And if Jesus, if this mattered to Jesus, then I think it should probably matter to us. Being committed to being planted in the house of God. Because here's the reality. If Jesus made it a habit for each one of us, uh, a pattern for each one of us to follow, it's something that we should do. Because the reality is, is we're sinners, we are sinners, and we are in desperate need of, of a Savior. And the Bible tells us that while we were still sinners, Jesus Christ died on the cross for, for each one of us. So even in my sin, Jesus gave his life for me. He gave his life to build and to establish this church. This church that we are able to come in every single week, and I'm talking about the church in general and specifically, we could talk about this church, but Jesus came and he gave his life to build the church. So what should our response be to that? Jesus, you gave up your life for this church. You gave up your life to build this church. So how am I going to be? We need to have a commitment to being planted in the house of God. What does your commitment look like today? What does the commitment of being planted in the house of God look like for you? There is power and you're consistently being committed to the house of God. This is an avenue where God comes and speaks to his people. God comes and restores lives because that's the reality. Commitment to being planted in the house of God can be hurtful. It can be messy. It can be inconvenient. But being committed goes beyond the, the, the hurt goes beyond the commitment, uh, the, the inconvenience, but it's worth it. Let's be a church. Let's be a body of people that are committed to life change. They're committed to seeing people that were dead in their sin becoming alive in Christ. Let's be a church that is committed to people that addicts walking through the door can get healing and restored. Marriages that are on the verge of divorce are being restored. Healing, miracles. What does your commitment look like to the house of God today? Amen. All right. Miss Faith, I'm going to tag team you out. All right. Thank you, Greg. So Greg um, chatted a little bit about commitment, um, and I'm going to chat a little bit about community. And all you introverts are like, oh, I hate people. It's okay. I, I... I understand, but um, everybody say one another. Um, and I'm interactive, if you don't know, because typically my audience is like this big and they're either throwing things at me or playing with my hair or something fun. So I will take whatever I get, but everybody say one another. One another. So um, 
In the New Testament, the words one another is used 100 times. And so 54 of those verses is specific instruction to the church, like Pastor Greg said. Um, so I think it's pretty clear to say one another, you and me, community, right? It's pretty important to Jesus. And so... Um, Jesus modeled it. If you look at Jesus's life, everything he did, he was always in community. He was with his disciples. He met people where they were at. So community is clearly important. But I think, however, what can happen is when we come to church, a lot of us, we come and we attend church, but we don't always engage, right? Um, and that's hard, right? Because we come and we attend church and we like it because we think the music is cool and we think this is a cool place. However, um, we don't engage. Um, because why? Engaging is a little bit more um, scary. When we engage with other people or we engage in people in our own lives, what does that look like? It's like, oh no, people are going to really see how I am Monday through Saturday versus just on Sunday. Or they're really going to see how my marriage is, how it's failing. Um, so I think we're called to so much more than just attend church, guys. We're called to belong. Everybody say belong. Belong. And I know belonging can be really scary. Um, there's a difference between knowing and being known. Everyone say knowing. So um, I can sit with some of you guys and talk about your favorite actor. Um, I don't know, maybe you guys have like a favorite athlete. Um, and we can talk all day about them, the things that they like. For me, I recently started doing jujitsu. And so I can sit with you all day long and talk about one of the girls that I'm on right now. I'm, I will hype her up all day. Mackenzie Dern, some of you may know her. She's a UFC fighter, but she's a freaking legit black belt jujitsu and could possibly kill you. And so um, I can tell you what her routine is. I can tell you what her diet is. I can tell you who she's married to. I can tell you that she is a cute little baby girl. I know. Um, I can tell you who her daughter is, but the fact of the matter is, is do I really know her? No, absolutely not. Um, does she know me? No, I wish she did, but she doesn't. Um, so there's a huge difference between knowing and being known. And I think a lot of us can do that when it comes to God and to church. We come and I think we can like spit out scripture. We can talk about God to our friends. But the fact of the matter is, I think we use the knowing to kind of have like a shield of like protection of like you stay there and I'm going to stay here. And I don't want you to see like the deeper parts of who I am. Right. Because why? It's scary and it isn't fun. So there's a huge difference with that. Um, and when we continue to act in the knowing, we create these very like casual, loose connections um, where, you know, we're talking with our friends in church or even outside of church. And occasionally we'll use the word Jesus. Occasionally we'll talk about Jesus, but they are these very generic, like surface level relationships. But the truth of the matter is God has called us to have more than that. God has called us to have deep relationships. However, I would be lying if I stood here and said, deep connections are so great and they're so beautiful, but they also come with deep risk, yeah. right? They also come with time. And how many of you know, like time is so precious. You don't want to waste your time on ridiculous people. I get it. Um, but it comes with deep risk. It comes with time and it, it definitely comes with trusting. And for a lot of us, trusting is a very like sore subject in our life. It's like, we don't want to trust everybody. We don't want to talk to everybody about everything, but we are called to have deep connections with individuals versus these 
very like loose connections. I want to show you a quote that I had seen in kind of talking about researching about community that I thought this quote is just legit. Our deepest wounds and greatest healings both come from the same place, relationships. How crazy is that, right? It's like our deepest hurts, but also the best things in our life come from the same thing, and that's relationships. And that is key. Relationships are just so, they're required for life. Um, I was just talking to Amanda before service, and she's like, you know, you're foolish if you think you're gonna grow spiritually without relationships. It's, it's, it's the truth. Um, but with that, it's gonna require a lot of grace. Everybody say grace. grace. It's gonna require a lot of grace and it's gonna require a lot of forgiveness. And forgiveness is not easy. Forgiveness is not something that we do um, that comes naturally, that, that requires a lot of work, right? Um, and if you look around the room, if you look around the people that you surround yourself with, there's a bunch of broken people. You guys are broken people. We guys are broken people. But it's in those hard moments with other people where really God continues to mold and shape and develop us as individuals to be image bearers of who he is, right? Because we're, we're made in his likeness, in his image. Um, so some practical things that you can do is like get connected. If you're not serving, dude, start serving. Get connected to the house. I'm biased, right? I think you should get connected to this house. Um, Pearl Street is amazing, but um, get connected. I challenge you today before you leave, talk to one person that you've never met before. Um, that is going to jumpstart. This doesn't just come really easy, right? It's, it's gonna take some time. But um, as Christ followers, we're expected to love we're expected to be generous. We're expected to be in unity despite our political opinion, despite where we come from, South Side, North Side, whatever. I love South Siders, I'm from the South Side. But, you know, it makes us stronger. But we are called to live in, we're called to live in unity. Um, why? Because it shows others that we belong to Christ first and to each other second. Um, and, you know, for me, Sunny and I have found the best of friends here in the house. Um, we have children. Our oldest daughter has literally started coming here since she was seven. She's been in children's ministry. We get to see her currently in youth. And in a few years, she's going to be in young adults, right? And it's, this place has not only something for you and I. It has something for our kids. And it's, and it's important to stay connected and find your Find your community here. Um, I want to go into 1 Thessalonians 2.8. So if you're writing your notes, 1 Thessalonians 2.8. Um, and it says this. So we cared for you because we loved you so much. We were delighted to share with you not only the gospel of God, but our lives as well. We recently did a kid training based on this entire scripture so we cared for you so much that we're not only going to share the word of God with you, we're also going to share our life. And that's personal. That's as personal as it gets, right? And so um, recap, some things I said, it's just the way I operate. One another, you and me, everyone say one another. It's vital. It's important. Jesus made it personal. We should make it personal with one another. Um, we're called to so much more than just attend the church. We're called to 
belong. Very good. We're called to belong. Um, the last thing is that we need more than just loose connections. We need to have deep connections with one another. Um, but, you know, without you and I being intentional and without commitment, this fancy thing, community, this beautiful thing called community, it just doesn't exist if you're not intentional and if you're not committed to it. Um, you and I are only as strong as our relationships. So if you got really bad relationships, let's fix them, right? Let's, let's get better at that. Um, so I invite you today, I hope and pray that you find community here at Pearl Street Church, right? Because it's the best place in this area. But um, you, cannot, you cannot enter community and not find God in the midst of it if you do it right. And so community is not only for the glory of God, it's also for you and I to enjoy, right? It's for our joy, our enjoyment. So find community. That's good. Job, Faith. Faith says she was nervous. Um, she doesn't look nervous at all, huh? Uh, but man, say, if you're here still, say, I'll look at your neighbor and say, I'm still in this. I'll help me out one more time. I'll, I'll, one more time, we'll look at your neighbor and say, I'm still in this. Okay, there you go. You'll look right in the eyes. Uh, when you're planted in the house of God, you'll find your calling. When you're planted in the house of God, you'll find your calling. It, it's a beautiful thing, what we're called to do. Um, a lot of us have different callings. A lot of us are, are, are called to different things. But what happens a lot of times is that we get caught up in our in our occupation as our calling. But our occupation doesn't determine our calling. Our calling determines our occupation. And so a lot of times we, we, let, we let it dictate us. But all of us here today are called to glorify God, build his kingdom, and serve others. Glorify God, build his kingdom, and serve others. That's our calling. Now your occupation, maybe you're a welder, maybe, you're, um, maybe you're, you fish, as an occupation, that's really cool. If you, that's your job. That would love. That's a pretty cool job. Maybe you're a coach. Maybe you're on staff at a church. Whatever your occupation is, it doesn't matter what you, you're occupying that space with. We all have the same calling. The same calling is that, simply that. Glorify God, build his kingdom, and serve others. A lot of times we get so caught up in our occupation. I had, I had this meeting one time with a, with, a, with a young adult. He said, I feel called to ministry. I feel called. I'm going to quit my job. I said, bro, don't quit your job. What are you doing? I'm quitting today. I'm like, no, please do not quit your job. You're still called. Your occupation looks different. The occupation pays the bills. Your calling is still to glorify God, build his kingdom and service. Please do not quit your job. I'm so called right now. I'm like, yes, I know. So am I. And so are you. We're all called to the same thing. A lot of times we get so confused and so worked up in that. Someone that knew his calling and that had a, had a challenge. His name was Peter. And I love Peter. He's in the Bible. I love him because I can relate to him a lot. Because Peter is um, sometimes holy, but also sometimes hood. Um, Peter, Peter also is, uh, sometimes he's righteous, but he's also ratchet. And I'm like, Peter, that's my boy. Like, I love you. Like, I'm just like that. And I have issues just like you. And, uh, man, sometimes we, we just have moments in our lives where we, we are up and down all over the place. It's tough. And, and what happens a lot is, uh, Peter, what he did, um, in, in John chapter 20, he ends up, he ends up denying Jesus three times. He ends up denying Jesus three times. And uh, in, in those moments of his denial, he gets so worked up after Jesus is crucified on the cross. He gets so worked up. Jesus resurrects. He gets so worked up. And he's like, man, I messed up. I missed the mark. And what he, t what he tends to do is that in his insecurity, he goes back to his comfort zone. 
Peter was called to Peter was called to be fisher of men, but his 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 occupation was just to be a, is a fisherman. So what he ended up doing is he went to a comfortable place where he was comfortable. So you know what? I messed up too bad. I'm just gonna go back to what I was doing. I'm I'm going fishing. He literally says, "I'm going fishing." So he goes back to fish, and uh, I, I did this in the last verse. I'm gonna do it again. You ready? So this is this is my practical fishing tip. It's like. I've never fished in my life. I'm a terrible fisherman. I don't, I don't shoot guns. I don't do any of that. Like, I'm just like, I'm a guy behind a computer. I just like edit stuff and, you know, I take photos. So like, I'm like, this is my best fish. Is that even how you do it? I don't know. Everyone's like, everyone's like judging me right now because I don't know how to fish. Um, but, but, uh, but, but essentially is that he goes back out to fish. He goes back out to his comfortable space. A lot of times in our calling, we, we, we get so insecure of like, man, we messed up. So what, we, what do we do? We shy away from God's house. We go back to familiarity. We go back to what we're used to. We go back to say, man, I can't be inside of the house of God. How many of you guys have friends that say, if I walk into the house of God, it's going to burn down. You have those friends, right? You're like, no, bro, you should, you should come. Because when, when you're planted in the house of God, you discover what you're called to do. You see, the enemy, what he wants to do is he wants you to stay outside of God's house because if you're outside of God's house, you'll never find your power to find your calling and your destiny. So if he can keep you outside of God's house, if he can keep you out, planted outside of God's house, he can say, you know what? You'll be powerless. Yeah. There's many moments in my life, again, I can relate myself to Peter, because like, there's many moments in my life that I've missed the mark. And the first thing I'll do is I'll, I'll, I'll shy away, I'll run away. I'll get, I'll get comfortable. I'll go back to mama's house. It's so good at mama's house, right? Like mama's house is comfortable. It's chill. I don't got to do nothing. I can just hang out. Mama cook for me. She'll wash my clothes. Mama, I love you. I'm 33 years old and my mom just texted me before I came up and said, Mijo, you did so good. I love you. You're so good. That's my mama. It's comfortable. We want to go back to comfortable places. It's easier there. But God has called you to something so much more, to glorify him, build his kingdom, and serve others. And when we can do that and say, you know what, I know this is tough. I know that it's hard. I know I'm going to miss the mark. But man, God has called me to so much more. So this is the cool thing about what happens with Peter. So Peter, he denies Jesus, Jesus three times. And then Jesus comes back to redeem him and say, man, you know what? You're still called. You still have a purpose. I still want you to do something. So then he asks him three times. After he denied him three times, Jesus says, hey, man, this is your, this is your next step. I, I'm going to help you out right here. So then he asks him three times, do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? Right? He says, okay, if you love me, feed my sheep and follow me. If you love me, feed my sheep and follow me. If you love me feed my sheep and follow me. What's our calling? Our calling is to feed his sheep and calling. You see, a lot of times Jesus was calling Peter to be a shepherd. Peter wanted to be a fisherman. We are here today where Jesus is calling us to something different in our identity and in our calling. And a lot of times we want to stay, man, I want to stay in this, in this space. I don't want to glorify God and build his kingdom and serve us. I want to be comfortable in my house, in my mama's house, where it's chill and it's awesome and it's comfortable. And I don't got to get out of my comfort zone. I don't got to be committed to nothing. I don't got to serve nobody. I'm good here. But God is calling us to be a church to say, you know what, man? We can do this. We can walk in our purpose and in our destiny. And so what, what happens with Peter, though, a lot also is that he, he's a comparison. He compares himself a lot. Um, anyone just compare yourself to some people? Like, I have, I have, I have a challenge in, in my life. Um, I'm five foot nothing. Um, I've been five foot nothing since the eighth grade. Um, I'm, a, I'm, I'm a little bit uh, challenged with when it comes to height. And uh, literally eighth grade, this is like, I was this tall in eighth grade, guys, okay? And I thought I was big. 
Like, coaches were coming to look at me because I played uh, a left guard. Like, you're going to be good, son. I'm like, yeah, that's right, because I'm big. I'm a big dude. <laughs> right? Like, I'm all, I'm all stoked. And, and I, have, I have a friend that played college football, a running back. Dude, is incredible. Love him. My best man. And anyways, Marty's like, chill out, because uh, I'm like, I get all excited. Um, he played college football. Um, but, but in eighth grade, he was short. Dude was small. I'm like, yeah, bro, you play running back? I'm a, I'm a lineman. Literally, literally, literally the next year, he's like, like summer, I'm like, okay, I'm sorry. Like, oh my gosh. Right? But what, happen, what happens a lot is I, I, I compare myself. I, I get into to some challenges when it comes to comparison. I have a challenge. I have the, what we would call the little man syndrome, right? We, we, we have friends like that. They're like, they'll just bulk up to anybody. Like, bro, I'm seven foot tall. I will crush you. Like, oh, really? Like, bro, you're so small. Chill. Um, so, so it's funny. It's funny because what's happening a lot of times in comparison is that my son, I've, I've noticed this. So he started playing flag football. And uh, Noah's incredible, and uh, he, he knows that he's strong, he's smart, he's secure, he's steady, because we've been saying that since he was a baby. So he knows all those things, he can literally cite those things out to you. So this dude is confident, okay? My son, five years old, he is way too confident. Like, you're way too smart and way too confident. I don't know why you were like that. Um, anyways, so we're, he goes into like this like third game of, of the season, and he's like super excited about it, and he's pumped up, and uh, he starts looking at the other team. He's like looking at everyone. He starts looking. He's like, okay. And, and Maria really wants Noah to score touchdowns. And Noah's like, I don't want to score touchdowns. She's like, you're going to run the ball, son. He's like, mm-mm. He's, like, he's just like looking at all the kids. I'm like, what is he doing? So, he sent, so finally he finds the biggest kid on the team. So he finds the biggest kid on the opposite team as he's looking. Again, he's comparing himself. And so finally, finally he, uh, he finds out that the biggest kid on the team is going to play center right, right in front of him. So Noah's like, I want to play center. So Noah, every single, every single play, Noah did this. And he, he was like looking at him. I'm like, what are you doing, son? Like, you're playing flag football. You're not going to tackle this guy. Like, calm down. Uh, calm down. Uh, it's just flag football. All you got to do is pull his flag. That's all they got to do. Uh, but 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 a lot of us in our, a lot of us when we when we start walking out this calling we get into this comparison and we start sizing ourselves up to everyone else and we start saying like oh I'm doing better than him I'm doing better than her or I'm not as bad as him I'm not as bad as her or God how come I don't have enough of this or enough of that um, and and God but I've been serving your church I'm planted where's my blessing right we start looking for all this all these things we start comparing ourselves a lot of times we can get so we can get so caught up in the comparison parts that we lose sight of our calling. Our calling is to glorify God, build his kingdom, and serve others. The enemy wants to get you caught up in comparison because comparison is a thief of joy. And when he can steal your joy, when he can steal your joy, he can steal anything. And so the beautiful thing is that Peter, finally, he finds redemption. And then we all know that, if you don't know, but maybe you do know, that um, Jesus declares that Peter's going to build his church. And on this rock, he's going he's gonna to build his church, right? So, so later on in 2 Peter, we, we come to this, this part. In 2 Peter, uh, 1 Peter, sorry. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8 through 9 says this. Be sober, be alert, and cautious at all times. That enemy of yours, the devil prowls around like a roaring lion. It says he's big hungry. Seeking, he doesn't say that. It says fiercely hungry. But like if you're, like, if you're a youth and like young adult, you got to know like, hey, big mad. Big, big hungry? No, okay. Uh, he's big hungry. Uh, seeking someone to devour, but resist him. Be firm in your faith against his attack rooted established immovable 
Rooted, established, immovable. Rooted, established, immovable. When you know what you're called to do, you're called to glorify God, build his kingdom, and serve others, you cannot be moved. And every time the enemy wants to come and, and, and get your roots out and try to, to move you and devour you and come and get against you, you say, uh-uh, I'm rooted, I'm planted, I ain't going nowhere. I know what my calling is. My occupation might look like this, but my calling is this. My, my, my day might be looking like this, but my calling is this. And every moment, every single time, that everywhere I go, everywhere, everything that I do, I know what it is. Maria always says this, nothing changes, just the platform. Nothing changes, just the platform. Regardless of wherever I go, regardless of whatever I do, I know what I'm called to do. Called to glorify God, build his kingdom, and serve others. There's this cool quote uh, from this book called No Man is an Island. And it says this, each one of us has some kind of vocation. We are called by God to share in his life and in his kingdom. Each one of us is called to a special place in the kingdom. If we find that place, we will be happy. If we do not find it, we can never be completely happy. For each one of us, there is only one thing necessary to fulfill our own destiny according to God's will to be what God has called us to do. Today, if you're in here, I just believe that all of us are called to do those things. When we can have commitment to the house of God, when we can have commitment to community, when we can have commitment to our calling, our occupations might look differently, but all of us in this room, our calling is simply that. Build his kingdom, glorify God, and serve others. We're all called to that. A lot of times we want to make it this super spiritual thing. We start, we start quitting stuff. Like if you feel that you hear an audible word from God and it's so tough. But when you can sit from a place of, man, God is pleased with me, not from what I do, but because of who I am. Man, there are some things you can really change this, this city. We can really make a difference when we can live from that, from that purpose. And I just love the fact that Jesus, in his ministry, before he even starts his ministry, before he ever does anything, he's been spending time with his father, who we have access to, God. Spending time, being developed, in the process, learning, growing. He's learning so much. And even before he does anything, before there's miracles, before people are, are healed, before anything, Jesus walks up to a space and he gets baptized. That's it. He got baptized. He literally does nothing but gets baptized. And in that moment, God the Father says that the, that the heavens open and that he looked down at Jesus and said, this is my son who I'm well pleased. This is my son who I'm well pleased. There's no performance. There's nothing spiritual about what happened. I mean, there's nothing like, there's nothing crazy that happened. It was, he was just pleased with them because he had been spending time with the father. A lot of us think that we have to work our way up and we have to do these things. And it, am I called? It's my occupation. Maybe I gotta, gotta I, the, 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 the world says, no, build your way up. The kingdom says, no, build your way down. <laughs> We're trying to be impressive. And God say, no, I want you to leave, I want you to leave an impact. I want you to influence. It's like, look at the shoes I'm wearing. Look how much money I've made. All these things. And God says, I don't care about any of that. I care about you. I care about your destiny. I care about your calling. Because when you, when you can answer the calling of your life, and you can answer who God has called you to be, we can impact others around us. 
because when we take care of ourselves we can take care of others there's so much more to your life there's so much more to what God wants to do with you because he cares about you so today every head bowed and every eye closed if you say man I'm ready to go beyond the check mark I'm ready to go past it to go past the check mark that's you today you say man I, I can do a little bit more I, I, I could I could read a little bit more I, I, I can I can get a community a little bit more I, I can actually meet one person here today before I leave I, I, I can I can give my summer to God I can really put these disciplines into my life today I can really act out these things I can really start to to live a place of where I can build his kingdom glorify him and serve others I can really start this today you say man I can do a little bit more today if that's you, say, man, I'm ready to go beyond the check mark. Can you raise your hand? Say, I'm ready to go beyond the check mark. Awesome. We see your hands. We see your hands. I want to go beyond the check mark. If you can just stand with us, all of us here today, today let's, all, let's all stand up. God, we just pray right now in this moment that you've called us to go beyond the check mark. God, you've called us to be committed. You've called us to to us to live in community God and you've called us to commit to our calling so I pray right now in this moment God that every single one of us here today God that we can go beyond the check mark God that we wouldn't just do the bare minimum God but we would we would grow in deeper relationship with one another God God that we would we would allow you to examine our hearts God and help us to get better today God God, we love you. We're so thankful, God, that even though we've missed the mark, that you still give us an opportunity today to continue the call on our lives, to build deep roots and stay planted in the house of God. It's in your name we pray. Amen.